EST is sponsored by Pastor Talk by Lifeway. Join host Marty Dern as he interviews pastors, professors, authors, and other ministry practitioners. Pastor Talk gives you tools and encouragement to shepherd your flock well. Subscribe to Pastor Talk in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, or listen online at lifewaypastors.com. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Sam, what's going on, man? Josh! I'm finally back. It's been a while. You're been, well, happy new year to you. Yes, it is. It, uh, it, yes, at, at the time of this recording, it has just switched over to, mm-hmm. to 2018. Three days ago. Did you stay, are you, do you stay up late? Do you, you know, watch the ball drop and all that? Yeah, I was the only one. I'm, I'm at my father's house. Mm-hmm. I have all of my family here. And uh, I was the only one that stayed up. Uh, although I did not watch the ball drop. I answered emails. <laughs> Happy New Year. Here's an email. The uh you know, this will sound stupid. I'm thirty-five. For the first time I stayed up well, I didn't stay up. I stayed up to watch the ball drop. And I'll be completely honest with you, this is just something I never thought through. I don't stay up till midnight. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. So I go to bed. Well, so in my mind, if you stayed up to watch the ball drop, you stayed up till midnight. However, I'm not on the Eastern time zone. So this is the first time I've watched the ball drop because it's the first time it dawned on me that the ball drops for me earlier. It would be 11 o'clock central time for you. Right. So I've literally not ever watched the New York Times Square ball drop because I thought I had to stay up another hour. I just wasn't paying attention, I guess. So do you feel like you've lived now? That is really overrated. And maybe it's because I'm 35 for the first time, but that was, uh, highly uneventful. I didn't, <laughs> and, and I probably, now I didn't watch all the, obviously there was concerts and stuff up, up to it. I just watched the last minute, maybe the last, uh, maybe not even two minutes, something like that. And, uh, yeah, all of my friends had already gone home. We do a New Year's Eve party every year, but we all, we kick everybody out, you know, it's go home. You can stay up late if you want to at your own house, but. We're not going to. So see, I, I stay up till one, two in the morning every night. So mm. it wasn't it wasn't anything spectacular for me. I just did what I always do. I typically answer emails late at night, and that's what I was doing. I kind of said a little Happy New Year's to myself and uh, moved on to the next email. <laughs> Happy New Year, Sam. Thank you. You too, Sam. Well, uh, hey, can I give a shout out before we get started? Can I give a quick shout out? Do it. Listen. I have to thank Jonathan Howell, you know, the voice, the voice over at, over at this other podcast. I think it's called Rainer on leadership or something. There's a few people that listen to it. Decent, um, decent podcast. And uh, cause I traveled, you know, I'm, I'm obviously up here with my father. My, my family were here for Christmas because you don't get to celebrate Christmas as a pastor, um, on Christmas cause it's so busy. So we do it afterwards. And uh, I forgot my podcast, Mike. So no. if I sound like just impeccably clear. If I sound so good right now, you do. It is because I have the voices, Mike. That's amazing. It it really is. I mean, it's it's like made of gold. Um, it it it's it's just it's just unbelievable. Got initials in it? Then is it engraved? Oh oh yeah, yeah. Wow. It's actually it's it's actually you know 
it's just perfection. What's amazing is that he let you borrow it. A lot of guys wouldn't let, let other guys borrow, you know. Well, my, my dad's his boss, so we really didn't have much of a choice there. Didn't let you borrow it. Dad told him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we stopped by Lifeway. I picked up the voices, Mike. So uh, I feel special. I'm kind of tingling inside. Don't take it back to Florida. I know. I know for real. He, he might, that might make him mad. So I'm might sure Jonathan Howe listens to every single one of our episodes. So Jonathan, thank you. There's, there's my shout out. I'm, I'm sure he does. He should. If he doesn't, he should. Give him great, great, great ideas to talk about on his show, on their show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. One of the ideas I wanted to talk to you about, and we could have like a little conversation about this is, is it, I'm actually shocked we haven't had a conversation about this before. And it's the prayer meeting. You yes, know, I know. Prayer meetings, so important and so right? common in, I mean, in, in, in established churches. So this, I, I say, let's go for it. I was talking to a guy yesterday and he was talking about taking this established church. He was going to go interim, in fact, and his hang up was their scheduling. And so he said, man, they've got Sunday school and then they've got Sunday worship and then they've got Sunday night prayer gathering and then they've got Wednesday night Bible study. And he says, I don't know if I can, you know, make the trip. It's a, it, it was a ways away, you know, make the trip for what they're paying and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it got me thinking. I've got some ideas. I've got some ways in which you can kind of help with that prayer meeting sort of idea, shuffling around the prayer meeting in a way that would help. And I'm sure you do as well. Do you have any, uh, I don't know, stories? What's your experience with prayer meetings? Every Does single church, every single church I've pastored has had a Wednesday night programming of some sort. And and most of them have called it prayer meeting, even though there is, uh, it's not all prayer. Uh, right. I was about to say limited prayer, but actually at West Bradenton, we, we pray quite a bit. We lay on of hands. We take prayer requests, people that need prayer mm. it, it, that are there. We, we pray for them. Um, so, it, you, you know, as, as us Baptists often say, it's a very sweet time of yes. fellowship. Yes. Um, I personally, you know, I, I know that established churches get knocked a little bit for having a lot of gatherings, whether it be Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, the old three mm-hmm. to thrive model. I like being with my church. What so, did you call that? The, the what? Three to thrive model. I believe it comes out of the 1920s. And it was this program, if you will, of you need to be in church three times a week, Sunday mm. morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. So Sunday morning was worship. It was primarily the gathering of the saints. Sunday night was the time when they would do that contemporary music and you were to bring <laughs> your friends. Um, so <laughs> it was in the fellowship hall. Well, well, I don't know if it was in the fellowship hall back in the 1920s and 30s, but it was the time when the the new the the uppity music was done. Wow! Um, and so, yeah, you'd come Sunday night, you bring your friends, and then Wednesday night was was prayer. Uh, well, Sunday nights used to be also in the Baptist realms, like the training union and stuff, right? That well, see, was that on- happened before. Oh, if, you, if that training union would be at like 4:30, 5:30, and then oh, you worship that. Yeah, after that. See, this is one of the things I really enjoy about talking to you and Micah, because both of you grew up ministers' children and have a deep, you know, experience with church. And I didn't. And so um, it's it's kind of fun to learn this stuff. I, I hope some of our listeners are are learning this as well. So and I'm with you all of the you know, I've, this is the only church I've pastored, lead pastor, but all the other churches I was on staff at, we had a Wednesday night prayer meeting as well. And so I think but it, for maybe a younger minister or pastor taking a church that has that sort of scheduling for the first time. And, and you're not, you know, a lot of uh, pastors used to be youth ministers. And so you, everything shifts around all of a sudden. Now you've got to teach sometimes three times a week, because even though they call them prayer meetings, like you said, 
not all of them are prayer meetings. Sometimes they're Bible studies. It's more Bible study with right. prayer. Most of them. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it can be tough. I've been there. I've done Daunting. the whole. Yeah, I've done Sunday morning. I've taught Sunday school. I've done Sunday night and also Wednesday Bible studies. So wow. I've, for those who have had the four lessons to prepare, been there, done that. Most of my churches, I had at least three. Um, thankfully at West Bradenton, I have two. I have prayer meeting and Sunday morning. We don't have Sunday night service, uh, at West Bradenton. But, uh, yeah, man, it, it can be tough. And, and here's, obviously, let's just step way back and just say, why does your church gather? So, you know, a lot of people look at Wednesdays and Sunday nights and, and kind of, you know, say, oh man, you're just too busy. Well, that, that certainly may be the case. There's, there's plenty of churches that meet just to meet and it's not a very fruitful time. Uh, but there's also many churches such as my own that, that gather in it and it is fruitful and there's a good rhythm there. So I, you know, I have really kind of tried to capture that rhythm at West Bradenton and just say Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Those are the times that you need to be here on campus. Sunday morning, Wednesday night. And everything that we do, uh, that it, anything extra that we do, we try to schedule it, you know, on a Sunday, on a Wednesday. We, we, we try very hard not to do a lot of stuff on, say, Saturdays or any other night of the week, just because we want people in that rhythm. And what it's enabled us to do is, let's say you serve in our children's ministry on a Sunday and you can't get in a group, a life group on Sunday. You serve and then you go to worship. Uh, we have life groups on Wednesdays as well. Um, so we've, I've used that old model, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, to capture a rhythm and then offer other options. So our women's ministry came to us and said, we want to start, you know, women's Bible studies. It's a great, let's do them on Wednesday nights. People are already here. People are already in a rhythm and they've started doing some Bible studies for women on Wednesday nights. So you went uh, from three to thrive for two, two will do. <laughs> yes, two, yes. Two will and, do and, just fine. We're gonna and, do. And you know, here's the thing: you're gonna get two time slots out of your out of your people. For those who are still offering three time slots, it right. is not often that uh, you have the same person coming to all three. You, most of the time, people will pick two. Um, not all, but you know, you've got some folks that are retired, and you know, they just like being at church, and you know, they they don't have a job or they don't have you know, extended family that they're, that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, and they come, they'll come, you know, every time the church doors are open, we have some people like that. But for most people, you're going to get, for your faithful people, you're going to get two time slots. A week. Yeah. Now there's plenty of people in your church that like come once a month, but for your faithful people, your core, it's typically two. I like Wednesday, Sunday, because it just creates a better rhythm than say Sunday morning, Sunday night, because Sunday nights can be very difficult for, for young families, not all, yeah. but for a lot of them. So personally, yeah, a two will do for me. To, yeah, to to take your joke and actually make something of it. Yeah, two will do. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's that's bad at all. And you know, one of the things that I wanted to share was just the kind of the process. I guess it's more of a story of what we did here and how that helped me as a first time pastor taking an established church with an expectation that you will have that Sunday night, Wednesday. You know, if you cancel Sunday night, it's going to be a fight, so you can't do that those sort of things. And I wanted to share a little bit about that with you. And then hopefully that would help some other people as, as they look at this idea of taking over an established church. En so. Enlighten me, King. All right, please. let me do that. Let Tell me, me. what did you seat. do? Grab a seat and some coffee. So what we did here was, as I was thinking through it, my thought process at least was Sunday morning is, you know, that should, the church is gathering. We have small groups before our worship gathering and small groups are for, you know, what they're for. Um, 
that's a whole nother topic, but they're what they're for. So we've got small groups and then we've got worship gathering. And then my thought process was on Sunday night to have Bible studies. And that's what was happening here. Some intentional sort of specific Bible studies. So this church has always, at least in thought or at least in word, said that Sunday morning was for exegetical style of preaching. So they're going to preach through books. However, Sunday night was going to be more topical. And in the past, you know, a lot of times it would be the Beth Moore videos or, you know, such times this or whatever, you know, those sort of Bible studies, maybe video based Bible studies, et cetera. And the pastor was expected to teach one of those. And then you had Wednesday night, uh, you know, Bible study, which was really just all the adults were in the, the sanctuary and it was just kind of a midweek service. They called it a prayer service, but it was really more another whole service. So there was three or four songs and then there was a sermon and, you know, it was just a whole thing. And I grew up in a church that had that. But what I was finding myself was just this frustration and maybe exhaustion of trying to put together essentially three decent lessons, um, different mindsets, but different lessons. So I approached the church that Wednesday, Sunday night crowd. And my first step, and this is kind of my advice was to switch those two. So I switched Sunday night to be the prayer meeting, the prayer gathering, and Wednesday night to be Bible studies, you know, specific, topical, or, you know, short-term Bible studies. That allowed me to focus on prayer on Sunday night, not have two lessons on the same day. Because there in the early years, I was preaching my sermon and then going home and reviewing a second sermon or Bible study all afternoon. You know, it was just killing me and then getting my family back up here and stuff like that. So that really alleviated at least my Sunday afternoon. So we went in and we had prayer gathering on Sunday night. So my first advice to people is flip them. That really helps. And if you, let's say in the interim situation I was talking about, or maybe you're at a smaller or part-time church situation, then flipping them is something where the chairman of deacons or another person could actually handle the Sunday night because you don't need to have a seminary degree, of course, to lead a prayer Bible study or, you know, a prayer study or prayer group. So that was going on. And then um over time, you know, what we did was just make it actually about prayer. And one of the beefs that a lot of people have about prayer gathering is you end up sitting in there and praying for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes about medical needs, you know, and it's, it, it yeah. really kind of feels stifled and it's not in, in a, you know, it's not engaging. And when you're praying about diabetes and somebody's toenail, it just gets really kind of uh broken. So what I encourage people to do is to make a prayer sheet. I, I made it on a spreadsheet and put it in sections, et cetera. And so you'll have a section on people who need salvation. Who are the people we know that need salvation? Um, what are we thankful for? Those sort of things. And I've, at times, we've done, you know, acts, adoration, confession, Thanksgiving supplications, or something else. We we made up one one time. But what I did was I started to walk people through this. And just doing that, walking people through actual prayer, not just God help me with my medicine, but actually God save people, forgive us of our sins, those sort of things. We actually walked through those phases. And so having some sort of template really helped to fill the time. It also helped to teach people about prayer bigger than, you know, just your common needs. It also, what I did after that was kind of think of creative ways, et cetera. So 
maybe if we're doing the prayer for salvation of other people, I would say we all know somebody that, you know, needs to come to Christ. We all know somebody that we would like to see baptized who would um, become a disciple of Christ. So grab the person next to you and y'all pray for each other's. And I'm going to give you 10 minutes. And so I would just watch my, you know, watch and let them pray together. This really transformed the years of prayer meetings that I'd been in before where there's 30 people half asleep, one guy reading the list, you know, and then everybody bowing their heads and then they say the prayers and everybody updating each other on the medical needs. That was, that was my experience. Maybe it's not your experience. I'm sure that's not what happens at West Bradenton, but that helped us a whole lot. We also, the, the, the final little piece of advice there was we made prayer cards, like a uh, prayer request cards, and you had to fill those out or your yes. prayer did not get on the prayer sheet. And yeah, we helped a bunch. We tried that. It didn't mm-hmm. work. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Most people come and they just have prayer requests that they want to share. Yeah. Um, well, we, we just didn't put it on the prayer sheet and we just said, you know, we didn't have a time of like, does anybody have another one? It was just, if it didn't get on there and sometimes they'd raise their hand, I'd say, Hey, fill one of these out. And I'd just walk over to them and hand it to them, you know, engage, engage a little bit of responsibility there. Yeah. But I understand sometimes it doesn't work. Well, and it's, it's a bit of a generational thing too. So I, I mean, our prayer meeting is, is an older crowd, although we do have some younger people that come, it's not all old people, Absolutely. Um, but it's a, it's a bit of an, it's a bit of an older crowd. So what I've done is I, you know, I actually, we don't use hymnals on, on Sunday morning and we don't often sing as many hymns as some would like mm-hmm. or, or the hymns that they grew up singing. Let me just, just put it that we do a lot of hymns, just not the hymns that, that they grew up singing. So what I did was I, I took the hymnals out of the, the worship space, which I had to kind of explain that to everyone, you know, why I was doing that. But I took the hymn, I took the hymnals out of the, and I say me, it was, it, I didn't physically myself do it, but there were those who helped me. Um, and, and we put them in, in the prayer chapel and now we just sing hymns on Wednesday nights. We do prayer requests. We let people raise their hand and talk about, you know, uh, their neighbor's hernia surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's just, it is what it is. And I've used that to help build momentum for other areas on Wednesday nights. So I do know that my prayer meeting as it is right now is not going to survive 15, 20 years into the mm. future, more than likely. If it does, great. Those people are awesome. I still teach it. They love Jesus. They love the Bible. They love singing out of the hymnal on Wednesday nights now. Right. Um, yeah. and, and it's a great time, but I've kind of let it be what it's just going to be. And then I've used the momentum of other, you know, of the Wednesday night rhythm to build up other areas, such as offer other Bible studies. Uh, women's, you know, me, uh, women's ministry meetings. The youth, uh, we have the children, children, yeah. Students. Yeah. Chil- we actually mm. have at times more children who show up on Wednesdays than Sundays. Um, yeah. yeah. Students meet, students have more on Wednesdays than Sundays, but they all, everything, the choir meets, praise, uh, the worship band meets, um, orchestra meets all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we provided multiple options and, you know, I'll have, I mean, on a really good Wednesday night, I'll have 70, 75 in, in mm-hmm. the prayer meeting. Which, yeah. You know, for a lot of churches, that'd be quite a significant gathering. Um, right. For us, you know, it's, it's kind of just pretty, pretty typical West Bradenton kind of crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 35 to 75 in, in a prayer meeting. And it's usually a little older crowd, but I've just kind of let it be what it is and just done other things around it. And what I found is, you know, the folks that love it and they know that I love them. 
they've kind of let that happen and, yeah. and it's enabled us to build momentum and offer other options around it. So if you're kind of stuck in a mold, if you will, at, a, at an established church, see if your church will let you do additional things rather than trying to cancel mm. Wednesday nights as it. Good idea. Whatever you're doing on Wednesday nights, because that's a rhythm for people. If you go and cancel it, a lot of them are just going to stop showing up, right? Mm -hmm. And then you lose all of your momentum. You lose the cars on the park and places that make it look full when people are driving in. I mean, try to add some, try to do some additional things around prayer meeting. If you want to, you know, change up prayer meeting, you know, it's, I don't recommend canceling it. Have you ever heard of a prayer meeting that got canceled that it just went well for somebody? I, I mean, we did and it was okay, but it was over time and I let it happen naturally. So yeah, that, but that's what I mean. But just coming in, just saying it's no. done, we're going to do something different. I, I don't know that I've ever heard of a situation where that just went over really well. No, and you um, shouldn't do that anyways to anything. Let things die naturally or with good reason. But just coming in saying, I don't want to be here three times a week is not, uh, it's not a good look, you know? And so. I, I would encourage yeah, the not optics doing of the optics of that narrative is not good. So if you, yeah. if you're the new pastor coming in, it's just like, it's too much work for me to prepare three lessons. Right. That, uh, that's a really poor way of going about a change. Effort. Right. So eventually the Sunday nights here just dwindled as I knew they would. And, you know, it was just, it got down to where some of the Sunday nights, me, my wife and my three kids were the majority of the crowd that was here on, you know, and I was like, we don't need to force our, at the time, you know, five-year-old to come up here when there's nothing for him and all that sort of stuff on Sunday nights to do this. So I said, at that point, I'm going to go ahead and cancel this. And I just said it, you know, and then I got a little bit of pushback. Somebody said, this should be a church vote. And I said, my response was, we already voted on it. And they said, when? And I said, every single Sunday, 400 to six, there's that many of us that don't want to be here and don't come, you know, and the six of you. So the vote carries. We're not going to have this anymore. <laughs> but what so, we did. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I got something I want to add, though. OK, so what we did was we went more to kind of your schedule and moved that whole thing. We We made the intentional prayer and that that sheet that we go through and all that sort of stuff, move that to the Wednesday night. We have what's called the chapel Bible study. And it's just like you said, we don't sing a lot of hymns here. In fact, we don't sing any, uh, we're completely contemporary. And I know what you mean by the modern hymns. We do those, but, um, on Wednesday night, we do straight hymns, you know, three, four hymns. There's the prayer. And then our senior adult minister preaches and, um, you know, he'll do a study on revelation and then a study on Daniel and, you know, just the kind of things that they like. And, and I'm happy that they're happy. I yeah. have now been freed from that scheduling, not freed. Like I, I was in jail, but just freed my schedule freed up to the point where now I teach short-term Bible studies that are more interesting to me that are in my wheelhouse that I can really be passionate about and teach. And, even just like evangelism training or those sort of things are the things that I'm doing now on Wednesdays. But that crowd that likes that, they're happy as well. And in fact, for us, we didn't even have hymnals in the sanctuary. We had no hymnals in the entire church of this when I got here. So I had to call around the DOMs and there was a church that was shuttering. They were closing down and um, they gave me their hymnals. So our hymnals in our chapel today say another church's name on them, but that's you know, instead of buying them, that, that was what we did. And, um, everybody's happy, you know, instead of being and, mean and there about was it. There's something and... to be said. 
about happy church members. And I know that's not your job as a pastor sure. to make everyone happy. I get that. Um, but if the, the can, same is true. If you want to make everyone happy, go sell ice cream, right? We right. all know that. Yeah. But but there's something to be said about happy church members, especially if they're happy about good, solid hymns and the teaching of God's word. If, right. if that makes them happy and praying as well, that's not a bad thing. But like you said, we built momentum around those things. And, right. and so there's always going to, we joke, there's always chapel Bible study. Even if everything else is canceled, like there's a, you know, an ice storm, everything's canceled, but chapel Bible study will still happen. I mean, ironically, they're not meeting tonight, which is a Wednesday because, um, you know, our senior adult pastor is sick. But anyways, it's typical that they always meet and that's just kind of their schedule and they're happy about it. And I'm happy that they're happy. So, okay. So you know, I got, I, I got, we, we got to end this way End this way then. Okay. What is the strangest prayer request you've ever had at prayer meeting? <sighs> you know, I don't know. Um, Cause I got a story. You're going to have to tell you. So I don't think I've had any just, you know, oddball ones. They're just all pretty typical. Okay, so I I pastored. This was just my own segue into telling a story. Your own story. <laughs> my own story. Yeah, ask ask you a question to segue into my story. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So I, I pastored in I pastored in a rural setting, um, mm -hmm. and I was a bivocational pastor for a couple of years, and and really loved loved doing it. Thought I was going to continue being a bivocational pastor until God said differently. But, um, we decided this was a church that wasn't meeting before I got there. So I basically took on a dead church and um, started just you know, replanting it, revitalizing it. Um, and we started a prayer meeting. And I will never forget the time that uh, Miss Eileen uh, mm -hmm. mentioned her prayer request. And she spoke up and she said, Brother Sam. Said, yes, Miss Eileen. She goes, I need you to pray for a lot of people around me. And I was like, okay, well, what's going on? She said, you know, nephew, he's got the rears. My daughter, she's got the rears. And my neighbor, he done got the rears. And all of a sudden, I think I got the rears too. Mm. And I kept thinking, what? What? Okay, the rears. Oh, the rears. Diarrhea. Okay. Diarrhea. So the rears. And I, I learned, I learned that was, that was how they said diarrhea. Diarrhea. And, um, I am just telling the story so that on my own podcast with you, I can say diarrhea multiple <laughs> times. Well, I mean, that's the first thing that I thought of when you asked me was, was, how often, and so if you're not, we get a lot of messages. I don't know if you see those messages on Twitter occasionally, but I do. we, we I get do, a yeah. lot of people that are like, I'm going to pastor or I'm looking at an established church and they listen to the show because they're kind of preparing for what's going to happen. So let me just tell you in these situations, you're um, going to get a lot of prayer requests about diarrhea. I mean, it's just, I get, they happen all the time and people are so, oh, it's just not something that, I guess my generation, your gen, our generation talk about with people publicly, but, uh, Oh, I do. I'm all about the bathroom humor and I'm well, sure our listeners have picked up on that. I, think I had a guy, well, listen, I had a guy the other day who had surgery in an area that was, you know, a little, little sensitive. Sure. He came into my office and dropped his drawers and showed me where he had surgery. Oh my goodness. That has never happened to me. And it's not going to happen. That's just a oh, rule. Well, it's, it's making it happen. We've mentioned this before. You're going to see church members naked. If you're a pastor. That's and, true. And, and 
I mean, the hospital. If you're mm. seeing them naked outside the hospital, then you know you, you you're probably doing something you should get in trouble. But, yeah, but, uh, that's but, yeah, true. Like, and dead people. Office. Hey, I had mm. surgery. Check this out. Mm. And um and and, and showed and, me and, and showed me his people. his scar. I sh- I saw his scar. So I have this I have this uneasy feeling that Mike is going to listen to this later, and we're in trouble. Do you think? Do you think Micah keeps us? Well, you know, Micah. The thing about when you and I do this, Micah kind of is the father figure of, of the three of us. And so, when left to our own devices, yeah, you and me, we're gonna we're gonna devolve into bathroom, bathroom humor on the podcast. Dead, dead naked people about diarrhea. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about prayer meetings, and that's what you talk about at these prayer meetings. You're this gonna is get all listen, you talk about at prayer meetings. You're gonna get. You might as well just deal with it. And if you've pastored a church for a while and you have a prayer meeting, you know exactly what we're talking you do. about. Right and now. if you act like you don't you're not paying attention i i mean this because so this is not really prayer me but um i was a pastor for i don't know two and a half hours and i got a call about you know an older gentleman that had passed away and i didn't i obviously hadn't met him yet he he was sickly he was in his home and and um in fact uh we, they lived not too far from us so i got the address ran over there to the house i was going to meet with the widow um and just be there for her. I beat the ambulance, beat everybody else, you know, and I'm there. And there was, um, there was a little lady from our church. who was a friend of hers and, and they were all there. And, um, uh, yeah, he was, he's passed away. Older man, larger man, naked, laying backwards on this bed. He had had a heart attack and just fell backwards. And then, uh, so the other lady, she just took a quilt and then, uh, kind of walked in there and laid it over him. And then I walk in and she says, do you, do you want to see him? So I see him at this point when she's walking in there and putting the quilt over. And then she just stands there and talks to me about who made that quilt and how nice that quilt was. And I was, <laughs> and I'm like, what did I sign up for? What am I doing in this role? But that just, you know, for different people, it's life and, you know, life and death and all that sort of stuff. And so as a pastor, you're going to deal with all sorts of things, including diarrhea during prayer meetings. You know, you're going to hear about it. So if you are pastoring and you have a prayer meeting, I guess our biggest advice is don't kill the thing for no reason. And, you know, make it purposeful, make it enjoyable. Good. It's not a bad thing. It's and good use thing. the uh, use the momentum of your weekly rhythm to build up options around it. Absolutely. If, if you want to do more than prayer meeting. Absolutely. So I love that. Thanks for listening to this week's of e, uh, episode of the EST. We've got a lot of exciting things coming up on the shows down the road. We have uh, an interview not too long from, from now going to hit uh, with Dayton Hartman on his new book and uh, some other great things that are happening on this year's EST. Hope that you have subscribed, rate, review, and we'll talk to you later. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. Support for EST is provided by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. The mission at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. The school is located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and offers more than 40 different degree programs ranging from Associate of Divinity to Doctor of Philosophy. With more than 3,400 students enrolled, Southeastern trains future and current ministry leaders to lead effectively, study the word diligently, and preach the gospel unashamedly. 
Learn more about Southeastern by visiting www.sebts.edu. And come check out our campus to see how you can join the Southeastern family and learn how to go to reach your community, your nation, and your world. Wherever you're going, Southeastern will help you get there. 